Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on this week's episode, we're going to be doing another edition of Disney Is It Worth It, where we kind of discuss things related to primarily the theme parks, but primarily related to Disney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this whole podcast is primarily related to Disney, but this episode is more around different things in the theme parks. Uh, is it worth it? So, like, our last episode, you can go back and listen to it. You know, we talked about, is it worth it waiting in line for certain rides? I think we did Flight of Passage last time. So we'll be doing similar things, or is a certain food worth it? The price type things like like that. So we'll, we'll be getting into that in a little bit. But before we do that, like we like to do every week, touch on some Disney news. So uh, more information about Disney Plus. They announced a Lizzie McGuire revival is coming back. So oh. the... Entire is this like a full house kind of situation or is this like a reboot? No, it's, it's like full house. So or the, fuller house. Fuller house, yes. So the entire cast is returning and it is taking place 15 years after the first one. So I assume it, the last one went off around 15 years ago. So what's happening is Lizzie is turning 30 and she has a pretty good career, but it's kind of those like growing pains of... of growing into adulthood. So all of the fans that watched it, Hillary Duff kind of talked about it, that Lizzie McGuire was such an icon to uh, young adults and teenagers in that time period. And now, you know, they're 30, I think she's 32. So now they're all yeah. that age. So it's kind of speaking to what that generation is going through now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is interesting because I don't remember, unfortunately, very much about Lizzie McGuire. I know I watched it. Um, yeah, I'm, but, I'm with you. I I vaguely remember it, and I remember it being. I remember enjoying it, but I couldn't tell you specifics about it. Right, but I do think that there is a a hole in the market that Disney's kind of pinpointing of maybe young or not. I don't know. Thirty is not that young anymore, but like thirty something year old people who maybe have been in their job for a little bit of time. They don't have kids yet. Like there's this this area where you don't see a lot of representation and Disney maybe is recognizing that that needs more representation. And also like, Hey, all these people are just one big market that we can tap. Kind of building off of that. I was thinking about this of, you know, people have a lot of criticism when Disney purchased Fox or things of, Oh, they're going to, are they going to keep making Deadpool? You know, Disney can't have R rated movies. Disney can't have kind of more adult, type content there was in Bob Iger's book he talked about Disney looked at purchasing Marvel years before they did and there was a lot of people in management that was concerned that Marvel doesn't fit the Disney brand because it's too adult and and I understand Disney is primarily geared towards children but there are so many people that are our age now that grew up with with the Renaissance movies the Renaissance in the 90s that love Disney that are now older and to your point still love disney yeah and to your point would be accepting of disney if they made more adult movies and that's why i think you see pirates of the caribbean doing well i think that's why you see all these marvel movies doing well because they are skewed a little bit more towards an adult audience now they're not you know graphic or vulgar in any way i don't think that's a line disney would cross but even deadpool i mean a lot of people love deadpool i think there is a place for him maybe toned back a little bit you know, for Disney, but I think that kind of mindset of, of Disney shouldn't be doing this because it's for an older audience is going to slowly go away as 
you know, this generation builds and still loves Disney. I'm sure that also as Disney continues to make Deadpool movies, I'm sure, I mean, they're probably not going to call Fox movies Disney movies, right? Are they still going to keep the Fox name? Do we know this? I mean, they have the Fox name now, yeah, but but Deadpool will become Marvel. There is talk of him coming into the MCU somehow. Because I just, I, I do agree. I don't see Deadpool fitting in with the MCU just because Deadpool is what he is. And he's very, he is a little vulgar and he is, he does swear and do things and have like crude humor. And I think, th- like I'm, I said, I, yeah, that's, there's I, talk of I'm them. I'm interested to see what There's do. talk of him being folded in in the next Deadpool movie. And I think how they'll do it. Is he like butter? Well, no, I think, <laughs> I, I think how in. they'll do it. <laughs> he may do that. Um, but I think how they'll do it, and, and it'll be the same way of how they bring in mutants and the Fantastic Four and everyone else, is the whole idea of the multiverse. So Deadpool will be part of the MCU and that he's in Deadpool world. And that's how they can kind of keep him somewhat tangentially connected. Yeah. But still, he be he, he's going to be his own thing in that he's kind of his own universe. So he's MCU, but can still be standalone <laughs> and not have to have interactions with spider-man who's more of like a wholesome teenager yeah yeah i can see that and dead and deadpool is more like fourth wall breaking referential like he knows he's a superhero in a superhero movie yeah so that maybe that, they'll lean more on that type yeah of humor. it lends itself to an alternate reality or universe so uh and then the the last piece of news i wanted to talk about was the final star wars trailer dropped oh yeah so so this was on monday night football tickets went on sale we have our tickets, so we'll be going Thursday night. What was the game again? I can't even remember. I have no idea because I. It was like that. Don't un- even remember. Un- yeah, interesting, un- uneventful. So, but we have have our tickets, and uh, for for Thursday night. But yeah, so I think this was a, a pretty good trailer. I, I was a little bit disappointed in it. <laughs> I think the I appreciated the announcer who was like. Oh yeah, we're gonna put up they the really Star Wars. It. They yeah. Really hyped oh, it. I know that you probably want me just to stop talking now. Like he really drug he drug it out a little bit. It was pretty funny. All right, it, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're right. It, it was funny, but yeah, I think it was a little bit of a letdown. They really didn't show anything like too shocking. I think the previous trailer when we found out the Emperor was coming back, that was a much bigger reveal. I think if they would have kept that for this trailer and you would not have known going in that the Emperor was returning, that would have been much more shocking. It seemed kind of run-of-the-mill to an extent there is a lot to unpack in it though and you know, i'm definitely excited to see this movie and, and i think i think there was more to unpack in the in the second trailer than it, there was in this one because if you think about it we had dark ray in the last trailer that everyone was like oh what's that all about and we like you said that you had the emperor's voice so this one there wasn't really anything too shocking um c3po alluded to the fact that he might be um yeah, he might. Erased, yeah, he might or... not be long for this world. Yeah, and I think if you take this trailer, it definitely lends credence to some theories out there. And then if you if you piece it together with the other trailers, you can you still don't have a great idea of where this movie is going. I can't figure out if Kylo Ren's going to have a mask or not because he keeps <laughs> jumping around between wearing a mask and not having a mask. But I think that kind of lends to it, and and from that you can probably piece together a timeline. You know, I have some crazy theories about what could potentially happen. We could get into. Maybe we can do that as our November Patreon episode. We'll <laughs> we'll record that kind of diving into you know just some wild speculation about what we think. 
certain so certain things in the trailer. It's I mean. basically going to be you talking and then me saying, mm, that's a good theory. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, you can, you can rank the theories on how plausible or, or it, would you be excited to see that if, it, if that really happened in the movie? So viewing the trailer, though, the one thing that I was thinking about today that they never talk about in Star Wars is the fact that they go to four or five different planets and nobody ever has intergalactic jet lag. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I can believe everything else in this movie. Lightsabers, the Force, everything. But how can you... I, you know, you find a plane, you get jet lag. How is nobody ever complaining about this? I don't know. What do you think Ray's pajamas would look like? <laughs> <laughs> do you think she has like a like a... Do you think she has little, little Wookiees on them? Aww. Like little Wookiees and BB-8s? Yeah, that would be pretty cute. I think so. And do you think that like... I don't even know if they ever sleep. Maybe they've... Maybe they have overcome the need to sleep that's the most advanced thing in star wars that maybe th- that they don't have to sleep or, or eat. just like any other movie they just cut out sleepy time no i think people need to <laughs> complain because they fly from one planet to another planet you watch in this movie somebody will be in one planet the next scene they'll be at another one who knows how many light years away and they'll be having a lightsaber fight or doing something crazy they should be asleep you know what i think we should we should have a, a bet that not even one character in foreground or background will yawn oh i can guarantee that but i think disney there's still time with reshoots they need to rectify this and they need to bring up this very serious issue of intergalactic jet lag there needs to be like a psa for this this is my <laughs> life's mission now <laughs> to bring up to to make people aware it's a condition y'all of intergalactic jet lag so <laughs> all right sounds sounds good All right, so for our main topic this week, we're going to be doing another edition of Is It Worth It? So we did this a few months ago where we kind of discussed a few things of of whether it was worth it or not. We talked about the memory maker, a few other things. So we're going to be doing another round of that this week. So for the first one is, is it worth it, the minivans? So the minivans, for those of you that aren't familiar at Walt Disney World, are essentially lifts. It's, It's run by Lyft, but... They are polka-dotted vans, SUVs, so that they look like mini. They call them the minivans that come pick you up. What's nice about the minivan service is it is driven by Disney cast members, so it can access areas that traditional Lyfts or Ubers can't. So, for instance, the Magic Kingdom takes you directly to where the buses drop off. It doesn't drop you off at the... The, the ticketing station, then you have to take a monorail into the Magic Kingdom. And also it has the the Disney satellite radio service playing. So it's kind of like Disney music within the vans. It's really nice. Everybody, like the, the drivers are really informative because they work for Disney, so they know a lot about Disney. So what do you think? Do you think it's worth it for the minivans? Well, I mean, I wouldn't take one from my hotel to one of the parks because you can get free transportation there. But where it becomes useful, and I think we've we've shared this before, where it's useful is if you're going um, from a place that there is no direct shuttle, and so you would have to make multiple stops in order to get to where you want to go. Um, so, for example, when we ran the the half the Disney half marathon, we had to go to the ESPN Wide World of Sports, and then we wanted to go directly to a park from there. That was really useful, and it saved us a ton of time. So I do think it was worth it. Yeah, and. And the thing is, compared to a lift, it costs maybe double what a traditional lift costs. So, you know, to some people that may not be worth it. 
I think overall it is worth it just because of you stay within that like Disney convenience. Like I said, because mm-hmm. it's cast members, because it's it's managed by Disney, this it's a much higher service and it's consistent. I mean, with with Lyft and Uber, you definitely get good service, but it can be a little bit hit or miss depending on the driver you get or you know things like that. But but this is always a very consistent uh, quality product. It also is definitely worth it if you have young children because the minivans have car seats in them mm. and you know you can fit six people in here. So if you had a stroller or a couple kids, it's definitely a lot easier to kind of move around with them than a traditional lift because you're going to have to get a lift that can hold multiple people. They always don't have car seats in them. So you know in that regard the cost then may be, you know, more applicable. I mean, for the two of us, it seemed to work out that it was about double what a traditional lift is. But yeah, if you were sharing a, a lift, service. Yeah, yeah, if you had a family and you were sharing a lift and there were multiple people paying for it, it would definitely make it more cost effective, but it is very convenient. So I think it's mostly worth it. Definitely. All right. So the second one we have here is, do you think it's worth it to wait two hours for the Seven Dwarves mine car? attraction no no okay so so you would not wait two hours so what's your threshold that you would wait for this maybe an hour an hour and 15 okay hour and 15 would be pushing it so you're um it's not very thrilling of a ride it's fun that's why i'd wait like oh, an so hour, it's an a very short ride yeah it's real short yeah i i was just definitely i think a little disappointed the first time i wrote it it reminds me of like journey to the center of the earth in Japan where it's like, Oh my gosh, whenever you feel like you're starting to really vibe with the ride, it's over. Yeah. I don't think I would wait that long for it. Uh, it depends on what else is going on. Like I would much rather spend my time in Epcot going around finding food booths and <laughs> trying food there, or, um, doing something else. And then Disney's also making more money from me because I'm buying stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's if I had one like main critique about, the modern rides in the parks, it's that they do tend to be shorter. And I think it's because they have to put so much money and time into theming and animatronics and, and everything about that. They, they don't build these very long, elaborate ride systems anymore. So to your point, I mean, you know, Seven Dwarves, it, it's, a, it's a good ride. I do like you know, the, the, the seven dwarf animatronics as you go through, as they're singing, but you're going through very slowly. And then to your point, the actual, you know, kind of roller coaster part of it is maybe 30 seconds tops. I mean, it's, it's very quick journey. To the center of the earth is another good example of that. It, it does seem like that, you know, these rides like Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a 15 minute ride. You know, they, they don't have, it seems like these kind of long term rides anymore. Now rise of the resistance may change that, but yeah, I, I would like that, you know, Seven Dwarves, if it was a little bit longer, I think would make it a a better ride. So, you know, two hours, and I kind of picked that time because very frequently, you know, w- when it's crowded, it can get up to over a two-hour wait for it. Um, I have waited once for it, I think, when it was two hours, and, and that was when that it was, was new. really, yeah. And, that, and that's on. when it was new. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think if it's over an hour, maybe even an hour and a half, I'm going to skip it and try to get a fast pass for it because I, I, I don't want to wait two hours for that. It's just not, it's not something like flight of passage where right. I think if flight of passage was a two hour wait and I couldn't get a fast pass for it. 
and it was either that or not ride it at all. Yeah, I would I would yeah. definitely ride it. Whereas you know, Seven Dwarves, also, I, I don't could know if we've it. been through. We haven't been through the line yet for that, right? So I would right. definitely like to see because they definitely they did a good job of theming in the line for Flight of Passage. So you know, you have other things to kind of pass that time and things to look around at. Exactly. Yeah. So, but but two hours for Seven Dwarves, if it meant me not riding it, I, I think I would take that. If I'm not going to wait two hours, um, you know, just just to ride it. So. All right, so the next one is, and, and this is one that you know comes up a lot, and a lot of people have differing opinions on. But getting a Disney dining plan, mm. so add, adding a dining plan onto your trip, is it worth it or not? Now, I, I, I personally, I mean, this is for the two of us. Yeah, I don't. I've looked. You know, every time we go, it pops up. Do you want to add a dining plan? And I, every time, I kind of look at it and I go, uh, I feel like I should be getting this because I feel like this is the move to make, but I can never really justify it. And, you know, maybe if you had a larger family, it makes more sense. But if you look at it and I have what the 2020 uh, rates are projected to be, and I, I apologize, I didn't write down the website I got this from, but it was from um, a a Disney uh, planning website, a blog out there, but the uh, quick service dining plan, which is two quick service meals, two snacks and a refillable mug is $55 per adult per night or $26 per child per night. So that's the cheapest plan. So even if you look at that, you have to think if I get two quick service meals and two snacks and a drink, am I going to spend more than $55? And I just, I mean, it depends what you eat, but I I don't see that because snacks are maybe six, $7, let's say a piece. So that's fifteen dollars. Quick service meals. I mean, yeah, you can get some expensive quick service meals, but typically when we go, we're maybe at ten to fifteen dollars a meal. So you're maybe at right around forty dollars. So it's and usually 40, the the snacks that you're getting, they might be a bag of chips. But when you and I are going to the parks, if we're going to get a snack because we're hungry in between meals, we're getting a soft pretzel. We're getting a Mickey bar. Well, we're getting those are things. snacks. Those are snacks. So those are still included. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So you're getting you know six dollars. Okay. But if you add that up, I mean, you're you're right around that fifty dollars anyway. So it's not like spending fifty five dollars a day is saving you because if you would have purchased all of those individually, it would cost you 75. I mean, you kind of, you know, Disney's, they, they're trying to make money too. So they're not going to make this that it's such an incredible deal that everybody does this and they lose money on all of their food. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just why I, I struggle with saying that it's worth it. I mean, if you look at the next step up, the regular dining plan is one table service meal, one quick service meal, two snacks and a mug per night. And that's $78 a day. Um, so you're getting a, a table service meal instead of a quick service meal, and it's adding $23. So is the difference between your table service meal and a quick service meal going to be $23? I, I kind of find that hard to believe because if you're going to the expensive sit-down restaurants, like um, Crie, you have to use two table service credits. You know, a lot of this stuff, it's not It's not like these meals are just one credit it's per meal. It's not one-to-one necessarily. Exactly. So, you know, when you're going to something where it's a 40 or $50 meal, they're not going to give you that for one credit. You're going to have to use two credits. So I, I've just never, you know, really been able to justify the value of this. So I, I, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, 
I definitely, if if there are listeners who have purchased the Disney dining plan or always purchased the Disney dining plan because they do think it's worth it and they have found that it 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 saves them money, definitely reach out to us because I would love to know, you know, in what situations does it make sense? Because I do have to believe that there are People certain situations. Buy it if it wasn't. I mean. Yeah, they for the most part would not buy it. Yeah, unless. I have to maybe think like if you have a larger family, you know, like if you have children where it's a cheaper rate or or a large group of family, and then you're kind of because you can essentially pull your credits. I mean, they give you so many credits, and you can pull them. So you could take, you know, your two or three table service credits and go get a really nice meal. And maybe in that case, it does save you money because you're getting a sixty dollar meal. And, and you're paying a much lower rate. So maybe in that regard it does, but it just, I would love to hear that. Of, it of what seems like a hassle trying to keep track of how many meals you have left, what you've already spent. And then of course the finance person in you is just like, okay, well, am I getting my money's worth? Like, yeah. So and, and, I just, and there's a lot of limitations because they ask you, you know, they always ask you if you're on the, the dining plan because, and we always say no and they go, okay, you know, then it's no problem because if you say yes, then you are limited. Like we said, you know, some, some items aren't a part of the dining plan. Some items are multiple credits. So, but again, if, if somebody's used this and it makes sense, I would love to know in that situation because I would love to understand, you know, in what instances this does make sense. But I just I don't see where it's worth it. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I I think that maybe I could see it maybe working out with, yeah, like you said, big families. Um, but even then, because I was thinking like as a convenience factor, even just saying like, okay, I've already paid for this. My meals are covered. I don't have to worry about it. But if you have a Disney magic band, they just scan it. So it's not like that's even that big of an inconvenience. And I think, and I think that's where people who utilize the dining plan a lot. It's from that angle of, I can prepay for all of my meals so I can add it to my Disney plan, my Disney vacation. And then as I slowly pay for it over the next six to eight months leading up to my trip, then I know when I go, I don't have to pay anymore. My meals are covered. I, you know, it's not like, Oh, I just paid for this hotel and the tickets and then I'm going. And then every and day then the food cost is on top of all. Of exactly. That. I have to pay for all of that where it's, you can just roll it all into one and then yeah. basically eat for free. It seems yeah. like, so it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily saving money, but to your point, it's the convenience factor of knowing, Hey, I don't have to pay. I can just walk up, boom, meals are covered. So I think in that regard, I could kind of see it, but again, I still know that it's worth it. It just seems I, like I a lot to still keep track money. of. Yeah, yeah. And then I would worry and be like, oh, well, I can't get this thing that I really wanted. and Or I'm not, I'm going to use, like, this is going to go unused. And now I feel bad because I'm wasting money for sure. So, right, right. Yeah. All right. So the next one, and this is a very uh, close to home one, a enduring a 12-hour flight to go to Tokyo <laughs> Disney and and that's roughly what our flight was to Japan. And it's essentially, I mean, if you're flying anywhere from the U.S., either from East Coast or West Coast, it's about the same. You're looking at an 11, 12-hour flight to and get to Japan. And that's your 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 flight from whatever Yeah, wherever place. you're leaving from. Yeah, yeah you're leaving yeah. from. If so. you can leave direct from, you know, like L.A., it's 11 or 12 hours. If Toronto. You leave, yeah, Toronto, something like that. But if you have to fly to one of those cities, then then your travel time to that adding. is on top yeah. of it. So we'll say, so we'll say a 12 hour flight. So did you think it was worth, did you think it was worth the flight to go to Tokyo Disney? Um, yeah, I would say it was definitely worth, I, I think that there's, so if you're just going to go to Tokyo Disney and then do nothing else, I don't think a lot of people do that. 
I mean, maybe they do, but I think, I mean, while you're in Japan, experience some of Japan, see, go around, take the bullet train. The bullet train has like, I, we really didn't realize this. I don't think when we were going to go, um, the bullet train puts you within a couple hours of like a lot of Japan, basically all of Japan. Yes, exactly. So you don't have to like, Japan's not that big. Yeah. Yeah. So you can travel to all these different places from Tokyo. It's a great place to be stationed. Um, you can get some hotels there for relatively cheap. I think our hotel was not that much. We actually kept a hotel when we were in Kyoto in in Tokyo, just so we didn't have to take all our luggage. I think that going to Tokyo to go to Disney is worth it. I think that the, the flight is worth it because it's just a completely different culture. The experience is awesome. The rides at Tokyo Disney are incredible. Tokyo Disney Sea is a completely different experience than you're going to get in any of the American parks. The shows and the show value is incredible. So it really makes you appreciate the magic of some of the Disney parks. Yeah, I, I think, and, and this is, I think I need to know for my answer is I would do it again mm-hmm. in a heartbeat to go back to Tokyo Disney. So yeah, I think the flight uh, isn't a barrier at all. And I would definitely say, I mean, you brought up a lot of great points of a reason to go now. Within the next two to three years, we're going to be getting the new Beauty and the Beast ride and and the castle. We're going to be getting the expansion to Disney Sea, which is going to have a Frozen themed area among other things. And so there's going to be a lot of a lot of rides and lands at the Tokyo Disney Resort that you don't have anywhere else, mm-hmm. especially in the U.S. I mean, Paris is getting a, a frozen area as well, but but nobody has a Beauty and the Beast attraction. Nobody else has Pooh's Honey Hunt. Yeah, Pooh's Honey Hunt. Pooh's Honey Hunt alone is almost worth the 12-hour the flight. Right. It's it's really incredible. Disney Sea, we talked about in our recap, just the theming of that. Yeah, the, the snacks are worth it too. Like being able to get a Mike, uh, Mike Wazowski melon pond or melon bread. The melon bread in Japan is something that I don't know if you can get it in the U.S. Um, I haven't been able to find it. I I'm haven't sure looked you, hard. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, sure probably if you somewhere. go to an Asian food store, you probably can find it. But it was so good. And then the little mochis um, that they have, like legit mochis that are shaped like the aliens. Yeah, so it's it's a really cool cultural experience. So I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth it. I would do it again again i think in three or four years once all this new stuff opens definitely make a, another trip out there so all right so so far most of the stuff is uh in well actually no we're, we're we 50 50 50 50 yeah 50 50 all right so the next one is visiting all four of the main walt disney world parks in a day is it worth it now i have done this so it it is doable, you know. If if you have, if you start the park with early park admission, and and kind of you know bounce around, and if one has you know late night hours, you can't go whenever they all close early. It makes it more difficult. So I've definitely done this. So it is possible to do, but the question is, is it worth doing? The answer to this one is very, very clearly, very clearly. It depends. Like there is. There is no way to really be definitive. No, there's no, if you're going to the Disney parks, like you and I are, we're going in uh, um, like less than a month here. If we're going for a weekend, we're not going for a long period of time for us. Would it be worth it to go to all four parks in a day? The answer is very clearly no, because we're not there for very long. So you're spending so much of your time in travel that you're really 
you're not getting the most out of your experience. But if you're going and you're there for seven days and you're like, oh, this is cool. Oh, I really want to go ride Flight of Passage and Animal Kingdom. And then I would really like to ride Space Mountain. And then I want to pop over to Epcot and go to La Crie for dinner or for lunch or whatever. And then, you know, you find uh, you want to go to Rise, ride, ride, Rise of the Resistance. I mean, chances are with those rides, you're not going to be able to do it all in a day because they're all really, I pick popular rides. But if you want to do that because those are your that's your highlight reel, those are your MVPs, then yeah, I mean if that's what you want to do, sure, that's worth it. But yeah. Yeah, I would say and again, so as having done this, I don't really think it's worth doing because okay. kind of what you're alluding to is if you ha- if you try to go to all four parks in one day, you really don't get to do much in each park because you figure you, you basically have enough time to go to the park, ride maybe one attraction, maybe two, depending on the crowds. But you know if you're waiting half an hour, 45 minutes for a ride, and you want to walk around a little bit, maybe get something to eat, but then you're going to be spending a lot of time on buses or monorails or the Skyline or, or walking around. If you are a transportation junkie, though, that might not be a problem for you. Yeah, may- yeah, maybe you like or that. Or you like to walk around a lot. Yeah, maybe you like that. But you're going to be spending a lot of time going in between the parks, and so you're not going to have as much time to enjoy everything. So it's definitely not something you want to do if, like you said, like if you like the Magic Kingdom and you're like, I want to do Space Mountain and Seven Dwarves and Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean, and then I want to do... Animal Kingdom, Everest, and Pandora, you're not going to be able to do all of your favorite things at each of these parks. You're basically going to have enough time to go and do, you know, one main attraction and then, you know, you know maybe a little bit of shopping or eating or something like that. So, I mean, it is fun to do if... It's more of a it, you do it to say you did it yeah. kind of thing than it is like a really beneficial thing right. for you to do as an individual. But you have to do it. With, so if you want the like prestige of saying I did all four parks in a day, then yeah. But but I mean, you have to do it it's with not necessary. But you have to do it with the understanding of yeah, it's going to be a day where you don't necessarily do a ton. You're going to do a little bit at each park. So it, it's fun to do, but is it really worth it? I'd say not really. I mean it. You know, like you said, if you're there for a long time and maybe your last day, you've kind of done everything. You're like, I just want to go around and just enjoy the atmosphere and see the parks. Then, yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. But if it's I need to get all my favorite stuff in one day, definitely not. So, all right. So the last one is, and then you can, you know, kind of be specific about this if you want, but waiting longer than 15 minutes to meet a character. Now, I kind of kept it generic because, again, it, it's going to depend on whether it's one of your favorite characters or not. But so maybe kind of in general, do you think it's worth it to wait longer than 15 minutes? And then if you do for specific characters, maybe which ones are they? I I mean, me personally, I think more than 15 minutes, it's probably worth it. If you got past a half an hour, I'd say no, because I don't think 15 minutes is a really long time, especially at Disney, um, because you're going to, 10 to 15 minutes, I think, is like if the park is empty, you're still going to have about that much of a wait for anything you do. Mm -hmm. So you can't really expect anything to be shorter than that. So I would definitely wait longer than 15 minutes 
to meet a character, whether they were my favorite character or not. I think once you get past a half an hour, there's probably very few characters, if any, that I'm going to wait longer than half an hour for. Like the, the when they had the Mickey that talked, mm. I think that was like 45 minutes to an hour. And we did wait for that because that was a unique thing. He He talked. That's not something they have very often. He's not around anymore. So it was like a good thing we did that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it was just like regular Mickey or Pluto or something like that, I'm not going to wait that long, longer than a half an hour to go see them. Okay. So I think this one matters a lot on how much you enjoy photos of yourself. So as a, as a millennial, <laughs> as a millennial having to post things on social media and things, I, so how lit will the Instagram be that right? that's going to determine how many really, likes are you going to get? I really hate admitting this, but I mean, a lot of, I would wait up to probably about an hour for a lot of people. Um, and that's because I, whenever I look back at my Disney millennials ruining Disneyland (laughs) after the world, like after you're done with your, your trip, you mean you might have a nice trip or not, but you always have those photos of you and that character. And so maybe yeah, at the time waiting an hour is a long time, but if it's one of your favorite characters, like, I don't know if it's somebody that you, they don't have a lot of, or um, maybe it's like Rafiki or somebody that, you don't see around the park a whole lot, but um, is a really cool character that you grew up admiring. I would wait probably about an hour, uh, 45 minutes to to meet Rafiki just so I had a picture of me and Rafiki and then I could talk to him and then he could tell me he likes my shirt and I could not know about what he's talking about for like True story. 15 minutes. True story. Because I had no idea. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, for, for the lit Instagram, I would do it. Yeah, I think... Like I said, I think longer than 15 minutes is definitely worth it across the board. I think once you get past a half an hour, then that becomes a much more questionable threshold. Like well, you right. said, if it's if it's for a great photo or a character you really love, yeah, definitely 45 minutes to an hour. But if it's for some character you don't really care about, I probably want to wait longer than that. And I- and I would say that you and I, when we were in Japan, um, the lines for Duffy and like some of Duffy's friends, they were about an hour and that was like a pretty unique experience and we chose not to do it. So yeah, I, I think that that also speaks volumes and that yeah, and we, again, we passed on that. It was one. longer than a half an hour. So to me, not really worth it. Um, and I, to mean, me, I, I mean, Duffy's like, cool. Yeah. He's just a giant teddy bear for us. I will say I didn't want to spend an hour waiting in line to get a picture with a character when we were only going to be at Tokyo for three days. And there was so much other stuff to do. You know, I I wanted to see more of the park, more of the attractions, the restaurants. I didn't want to waste an hour waiting in line for a picture with Duffy, who a lot of people in the U.S. don't really care about. That's probably... Or know who he is. Yeah, that's probably part of it, too, is we don't have the same... Uh, affinity for them as uh, right. people internationally do. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think. But we didn't do it for the Instagram sense. story there either. And we were just yeah. like, yeah. It's- well, that's you. I mean, I again, I'm I'm not waiting an hour. I, is, there's probably very few people, if any. Like I said, I think the talking Mickey was the only one we waited an hour for that I was okay with. I think if most other people are like, it's an hour, I'd say, I'll come back. You know, mm-hmm. definitely not going to wait that long. So. All right, so I so that's it. Um, kind of wraps up the show for this week. Let us know, you know, what you think if if you disagree with our choices of whether it's worth <laughs> it or not. Again, if if you think the Disney dining plan is worth it, and I would love to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts or stories about it. 
can reach out to us on social media, Facebook or Instagram. We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast on both. You can also go to our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com. From there, you can contact us or submit a question. You could also, uh, on our website, go onto the podcast page and get our whole back catalog of episodes so you can search through if you want to hear. It's getting kind of lengthy. Yeah, this is episode 76 that we're recording. So we're... Oh, man, we got to start thinking about episode 100. 100, yeah. But if you want to go back, and you know, we, we mentioned our recaps of our uh, trip this summer to Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea. You can go back and check out those episodes. We did an episode on the phenomenon that is Duffy. Yeah. A while ago, you could go back and, and listen to that. You could go back and listen to the previous uh, Is It Worth It episode. So there's there's a, there's a ton of stuff on there. So be sure to check it out. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating or, or a review. That really helps us um, reach a much larger audience. Thanks for letting us your ears. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Mm-hmm.